You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. <laughs> let's get biblical. Um, real quick, we just want you to know, just like full disclosure, I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not for children because we do cuss words mm-hmm. a bunch. We talk about adult topics like yeah. love, religion, and yeah. fun. <laughs> Something kids should never be exposed to. That's right. All three of those things. Um, and uh, is there anything else? I usually read the NRSV, New Revised Standard mm-hmm, Version of the Bible. I, I usually read the New International Version or NIV. However, today we're doing another apocryphal book. That's right. We're checking in on the secret gospels mm-hmm. that no one has ever told you about before. Mm-hmm. So The government hid them. That's right. In a vault. But we found them. Deep under a mountain in Utah, let's say. Why not? We'll call it Religion Mountain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we cracked the vault. It was an amazing caper. Everybody is very <laughs> proud of us. We got the team us. together for mm-hmm. one last heist. That's right. We got the old lady. We got uh, the... Gymnast. Gymnast. We got uh, a guy with a bad Cockney accent. The hacker was in. Mm-hmm. And we got this Bibble Bible for you. And it is called The Infancy Gospel of Thomas. Yes. It was written by a young baby by the name of Thomas. The Semite, or something along those lines. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. So, to get into some very slow facts, mm-hmm. uh, it was written sometime during the the one hundreds. Sure, a great a great um, set of years, if you ask me. And like the infancy gospel of James from our last episode, it was written because early Christians were, were hungry for content, just thirsting for high quality. Jesus-related content. And apparently they had no standards at all. Yeah, so they just started making up stories about Jesus' life. Um, Last week, we learned about the Virgin Mary's uh, virgin backstory. Mm -hmm. And this week, we're going to learn about Jesus' childhood, as imagined by some random person. (laughs) Um, However, we know that these uh, so-called infancy gospels or proto-gospels they're sometimes called okay um were very popular because a lot of copies survived um which means like even more copies existed Mm. and this one 
claims to be written by what's translated in 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 my version as Thomas the Israelite. Mm, I see. What was yours? Of something. I, I think it was like Thomas the Jew. Um, aka the Israelite philosopher Thomas. Wow, that's yeah. a great aka name. Um, and <laughs> no one is a hundred percent sure who that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If it's supposed to be like the disciple Thomas, if it's supposed to be some Jesus brother named Thomas, but. Everybody agrees the book was not written by whoever it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> whoever it's supposed to be, they didn't write yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wikipedia claims that it was possibly written by a Gentile pretending to be a Jew, but actually getting all his information about like Judaism and Judea from the book of Luke. Mm. Uh, there's not even a citation on that on Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I will say that I can't think of another example of like... An Israelite referring to himself as so-and-so the Israelite. Hmm. That's a, a decent point. Didn't um, Paul make a big point about being an Israelite, though? No, no he made, he made he a was big a point Jew. about being a Roman citizen and a... Uh, but he was raised a Jew. That was the important thing. Yeah, but he was raised a Pharisee. But he didn't call himself an Israelite. No. Well, I've checked the only example I can think of. <laughs> and it's a bingo on um, that one. I also, that's the opposite of a bingo. No, I, I'm absolutely. I also <laughs> consulted Bart Ehrman's book, Lost Christianities, and he said nothing about that either way. So we've done our due diligence. Have you? Have you? I hope you have. Uh, Shall we dive in? I would love to dive in. This is the best kind of. Bible book. Why, my dear? Which is short, but absolutely crammed full of batshit <laughs> stories. That's right. It's like uh, a wonderful guano cave in that it's absolutely crammed full of batshit. <laughs> and um, so chapter one is just the author introducing himself <laughs> as Thomas the Israelite. Uh, and then chapter two, we dive right in with... Uh, quote, Starting it as much as possible like the intro to The Fresh Prince. <laughs> When this child Jesus was five years old, mm-hmm. this child, this this mere babe Jesus, when he was five years old, he was doing some miracles. And his first miracle was like gathering water into puddles and purifying it. He did this with a single command. He then, according to the text, made soft clay and shaped it into 12 sparrows. He did this on the Sabbath day and many other boys were playing with him. But when a Jew saw what Jesus was doing... Mine well, said, a certain Jew. A certain Jew. Yes. That's a, a popular Instagram, right? Uh, what Jesus was doing when playing on the Sabbath day, he immediately went off and told Joseph, Jesus' father, see here, your boy is at the ford and has taken mud and fashioned 12 birds with it. Yes. And so has violated the Sabbath. So then Joseph goes over and scolds him for breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus just claps his hands and boom, the sparrows come to life and fly away chirping. I love that he's already redefining the rules of the Sabbath at age five. And we got to talk about, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this character of five-year-old shits during Jesus. Uh-huh. But this is an incredible <laughs> diversion from the New Testament and the Old Testament. However, there has never been a character like this in the Bible. No, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but whoever did this was clearly trying to connect it with... Um, a theme that runs throughout the canonical gospels, which mm. is that Jesus is redefining the Sabbath. Ah, uh-huh, that's a good point. There are there are a couple other points of connection to 
actual church shit yeah. that we'll talk about yeah. as we hit them. But I just love But he's also, it seems like it's trying to connect it with some sort of trickster spirit. That, like, well, that's true. Like Coyote, the trickster god. <laughs> the Coyote. I just really like that, you know, like um, how when you look back at something like a passion in, in an adult and you find that they were already doing it in their childhood, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this like fashion designer was already like sewing clothes for his teddy bear at age five, sure. you know, or whatever. And I'm just like Jesus was like already breaking the Sabbath <laughs> rules, you know? Yeah, he was like, it's like, well, we know all about what Jesus did when an adult, when he was an adult. So naturally he would do it when he was a yeah. kid as well. It's like what an artiste. He so, was just drawn to breaking the Sabbath. You know, that down, was just like from day one. Let's run down the list of things that Jesus did when he was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, redefine the Sabbath, tell people to ignore the Old Testament. Uh, bring people back from the dead. Yes. And um, then what happens is the son of Anas the scribe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is supposed to be the same Anas uh, who snitched on Mary in the infancy gospel of James. I assume so. But it would be very fitting. It would. If his son uh, fucked up Jesus's purified water. Mm-hmm. By st- Putting a stick in it? Yeah. Question mark? Or something. And then... So a little boy... <laughs> so Jesus purifies some water. They're five, by the way. They're five. Jesus purifies some water, and then a little boy, using the greatest toy known to little boys, a, a stick, stick uh, stirs the stick around in the purified yeah. water, thereby, I guess, fucking up Jesus's miracle? I guess, like, getting it muddy. And Jesus says, quote... You unrighteous, irreverent idiot. What did the pools of water do to harm you? See, now you will wither like a tree, and you will never bear leaves or root or fruit. In an instant, the boy had completely withered away. Immediately, that child was completely withered. <laughs> the parents Dude, of- <laughs> we got so withered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were... Yeah. Did you go to the fest this weekend? Dude, we got so withered. Ridiculously withered. I don't even remember (laughs) driving home. But the parents of the boy who had withered away picked him up and were carrying him out. And because he was sad because he was so young, they came to Joseph and accused him. Oh, mine said they carried him away mourning his lost youth. I mean, that's true. But so I thought the withering meant like that he made him real old. Like he advanced his age. Oh, that's a good point. It's like fast forwarded him to like age 90. And it's like, now you'll never bear fruit because you're a withered old man. I don't know if he progerated him or what. Uh, It's unclear, I guess. I thought it killed him. I mean, something like that. Clearly it's bad. We can all agree it's quite bad. Well, he'll never produce leaves or root or bear fruit. Oh, man. So I guess that, did he just wither up his junk? Did he just like. I mean, he seems to have withered up everything. Oh, man. But he's still alive, I guess. I guess. So it's not Jesus' first murder. No, I think it's just his first, like, curse. Oh, man. That's fucked. Yeah. But anyway, they came to Joseph, the, the parents. parents, and accused him. It's your fault. Your boy did this. What kind of a child do you have who does such things? A great question. Great question. I got a fucking children of the corn evil child, apparently. And a little while later, another kid accidentally runs into Jesus. So Jesus... Strikes him dead. That's his first murder. That's his first murder. And understandably, uh, the parents in the village are somewhat upset. Where has this boy come from? Everything he says happens instantly. Yeah. Why does your child hold the power of life and death in his very hands? (laughs) 
because and can you please tell him to use it for good instead of evil exactly the parents go to joseph and say every single line of this is quotable by the way like we could just read the entire thing to you it's amazing totally joseph the parents go to joseph and say because you have such a boy you can't live with us in the village or else teach him to bless and not curse he's killing our children (laughs) we're all dogs there's no cats in this village and so joseph gives jesus you know a stern talking to and he's like, could you please stop murdering children? You're five. And the- <laughs> if you could just cool it and not kill anybody. The other parents in the school district are riding my fucking jock about this. And I need you to cool it. And Jesus is like, say no more. Jesus is like, a t- don't even worry about it. He's like a sitcom kid in that he's completely precocious and talks in fully form adult sentences. Yes. Creepily. creepily. Which is creepy. Yes. But it's creepy on sitcoms and it's creepy in, in the not Bible. <laughs> in the apocryphal Bible that we smuggled out of a safe in Utah. and uh, Deep under Mount Religion. <laughs> he's like, I just like that he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I got you. I read you loud and clear. And then instead of stopping murdering children, he just blinds all the parents who complain this about This is him. what Jesus says. I know that these are not your words. Still, I'll keep quiet for your sake, Joseph. But those people must take their punishment. There and then his accusers became blind. Okay. Do they need punishment if they're accusing you of something that you, that you did? did? I know. And then Joseph is like, you know, that's not what I meant. <laughs> and he yanks Jesus's ear as, you know, like a little like pulls his ear as like a little punishment. And Jesus is like, wow, quote, you have not acted at all wisely. Don't you know that I don't really belong to you? Don't make me upset. So that's that's a little psychological clue about what might be going on here. Jesus knows that Joseph is his stepdad. Obviously, yeah, he's like, real you're dad. not my real dad. My real dad's God. God. And he's trying to lord it over, lord it over uh, Joseph here. But what I wanted to bring up. I'm not sure if you noted this parallel, but there's a very famous episode of The Twilight Zone called It's a Good Life. Is that where a, a child has a has a town in thrall to him? Yes. There's a, a child who can make who reads minds and can make whatever he wants happen. Yes. And, and so, so they all have to appease him. They all have to keep positive thoughts and do whatever he wants. And then every night they gather in front of the TV and he broadcasts whatever he wants on the TV and they all have to say, this is good. This is much better than old TV. Um, I did think of that, mm. which um, then made me think about how we're actually living that right now with Trump as president. <laughs> well, then you had to back off that. Then I had to back off. There's no politics on this show. And also, even I didn't want to compare this like crazy fake Jesus to Trump. That still seemed like just beyond the pale. That's fair. <laughs> and I just want to point out us stealing the secret gospel from underneath Mount Religion was not a political act. Mount Religion, comma, UT, mm-hmm. area code. Zero, 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 zero. Um, I think, wow, okay, so like a black site. That's right. Okay. Uh, not a political act, done strictly for entertainment purposes. Exactly. Now, an instructor named Zacchaeus comes to Zacchaeus. Joseph. Uh, it's Zacchaeus. We actually, there's a... Oh, there's, suddenly, oh you're getting... Did you just correct me like that? There's a famous Zacchaeus that we skipped over in the in the Gospels. We skipped over. Suddenly it's we. He's very short and he couldn't see and he climbed up in a tree. Doesn't ring any bells. Yeah. We skipped over it because we didn't have enough time. But Zacchaeus. Uh, this is presumably a different Zacchaeus, although it would be kind of great if it was the same one. 
uh, and he comes to Joseph and he's like, okay, clearly your child is very precocious. <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, he needs some directions and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you send him to my school? I'll teach him to read. I'll teach him to respect his elders. I'll teach him to not literally murder innocent children. Yeah, at, at his very whim. And Joseph is like, great, you know, go ahead. So first day of class, uh, Zacchaeus tries to teach Jesus the Greek alphabet. And Jesus is like, you don't understand. A great indication that this the was... The true nature of the alphabet. That this was obviously not written and has nothing to do with the real Jesus' life because they wouldn't teach him the Greek alphabet. Well, it does say in, in the text, it's like, we'll teach him the Greek and the Hebrew alphabet. Mm. But that does kind of fit with the idea that like a Gentile wrote it and was like, oh, yeah, we'll teach him the Greek alphabet and, and uh, the Hebrew alphabet too, right? Sure. That's like yeah. That's what they have, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, Jesus is like, how dare you try to teach children to read when you don't understand the true nature of alpha? I know where you've come from and how many years you'll live. I swear to you, teacher, I existed when you were born. If you wish to be a perfect teacher, listen to me, and I'll teach you a wisdom that no one else knows except for me and the one who sent me to you. He's five years old, by the way. Also, before this, uh, Jesus heard Joseph saying things to uh, Zacchaeus uh-huh. and and laughed. Jesus laughs before a lot of this stuff. Yeah, he does. So it's very difficult not to read this as a he's, maniacal. He's very malevolent. <laughs> evil trickster little boy um, laughing and then spouting wisdom far beyond his years. And he also, so like the the capital alpha looks exactly the same as a capital A. Mm. And he goes on this speech about it's like, oh, there's like three lines, but they all add up to like one letter. Does that remind you of anything? Listen, <laughs> teacher, like... and observe the arrangement of the first letter. How it has two straight lines or strokes proceeding to a point in the middle, gathered together, elevated, dancing, three-cornered, two-cornered, <laughs> not antagonistic, of the same family, providing the alpha has lines of equal measure. It's like, oh, does that remind you of anything? Like three elements that form a whole? And the and teacher's like, like, well, I don't even... The Trinity isn't even invented yet. Yeah. What do you expect me to say? <laughs> you haven't even started your ministry. How would I know about that? Um, and then after a while, Zacchaeus begs Joseph to withdraw <laughs> Jesus from the school because he's Please, like getting God. constantly dunked on by a five-year-old. <laughs> and um, he says, my friends, I know all too well my shame. Though an old man, I have been defeated by a child. I may grow weak and die because of this child. So Jesus hears him. In classic Jesus of Jesus. Thinks this is hilarious. Fashion. While the Jews were advising Zacchaeus, the child laughed loudly and said, Now let the infertile bear fruit and the blind see and the deaf in the understanding of their heart hear. Yeah. Jesus so And says. he like lifts all the curses that he's placed on people. Um, so presumably the one boy is, is unwithered. Thank God. He, Benjamin Button's back to youth possibly the, just his nuts unshriveled <laughs> possibly hard to say the the other kid is maybe raised from the dead who knows however a few days later jesus is playing on a rooftop with some other children some other irresponsible children as as one does and one careless youth named xenon so 
Hillary Duff wasn't wasn't it Hillary Duff? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I was... just laughed along because I wanted to keep the show moving. Oh, okay, <laughs> great. Uh, it was some Disney Channel movie called Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. It may or may not have been Hillary Duff. In any case, this child, a mystery named that will never be solved, Zeno or Xenon, falls off the roof and dies. And Xenon's parents, quite reasonably, assume mm-hmm. that Jesus did it, uh, considering he's literally already killed and like disabled dozens of people um and so they're like you killed our son our noble gas girl of the 21st century mm-hmm. oh i see you had a whole thing built on this no i didn't no, I'm, <laughs> I'm putting it in now and jesus is like uh you know no i didn't and then he's just like xenon could you please tell your dumbass parents that i didn't kill you and xenon like bam <gasps> comes back to life it's like you didn't kill me lord jesus yeah not at all lord you did not throw me down but you have raised me up so this is where jesus starts his transition from yes evil trickster mm-hmm. spirit to m- mostly benevolent trickster yes. spirit he has a bit of a face turn quote mm-hmm. unquote um you know he's five years old he's had some time to reflect <laughs> on he's his lived, actions he's lived some experiences yeah, yeah. he's made mistakes yeah and he's decided to change his ways a little. And so uh, next what happens is a young man, whatever they consider young to be, I don't know, is chopping wood. It's, and, a, it's a, a nine-year-old. Right, yeah. Recently married. <laughs> yeah. Uh, baby on the way. He's chopping wood and he accidentally chops his foot and uh, Jesus heals him. And then he's like, you know, well, maybe I should use my my infinite powers for good instead of evil. I don't know. And then... Everyone who is upset about all the, you know, death and afflictions or whatever. Now they're all really happy with Jesus and they want him to perform more musicals. Perform more musicals? They want him to perform more Merkels. Like, you know. More Angela Merkels. Like Fiddler or Rent. Oh, Rent. That's a good one. Uh, 525,600 miracles. They could go old school do something really bad like pirates of penzance for example uh how dare you insult pirates no of penzance on this our podcast mm-hmm. this our very podcast um I, I feel like we need to take a break and just like discuss the merits of pirates of penzance that shouldn't take long i just think we need to like process this between us as a couple that sounds good you know what communication is very important to me and i and will pirates communicate of penzance is very important to me oh well fuck uh we're done um, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get divorced, and then uh, we'll see you on the other side. Okay, we'll see you in about a minute. Bye. Bye.
Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the apocryphal infancy gospel of Thomas, about Jesus's wayward youth mm-hmm. as a five-year-old. As a monster. Cursing people left and right. And uh, when we left off, he was starting to get the feeling that he may prefer miracles to curses. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon he turned six. He's a big Bible boy now. That's right. He changed from a, a, a small scripture man <laughs> yes, he into changed. a big Bible boy. He changed from a small scripture man into a big Bible boy. And his mom needs him to go get His some... mom is never named in the book. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. She's never named in the, Interesting. In the book. Interesting. Joseph is, obviously. And Joseph... Yeah, Joseph is named like multiple times. And does stuff. Yeah. But Jesus knows the difference between his stepdad and his Yeah, dad. I kind of feel like that's... Because he didn't have the conflict with his mom, mm. you know, and like he was always at odds with the stepdad, like so many people are. And Mary is so pure, as we learned from the last mm-hmm. book. How could she be involved in a conflict of any kind? Yeah, like she's never had sex, so she's never been bad because that's what sex is and that's what it does to you. That's a good point. Except for Jesus, who presumably hasn't had sex by age five, and yet... He's a very old... He's a, he's a wise man. to kill man. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Mary sends six-year-old Jesus. Lots of unpleasant avenues that could go down. To get some water from a well. And he gets the water and he's coming home, but he gets jostled in a crowd and drops the water jug and it breaks. And then instead of just like miraculously fixing the jug. It seems like there are a thousand miraculous ways you could f- solve this. He t- takes the cloak that he's wearing and magically makes it like watertight and magically transfers the water that has spilled into the cloak and then carries the cloak home carries the cloak home. this is the worst miracle of all time and mary sees this happen and um when he brings the water back to her it says she kissed him and kept to herself the miraculous deeds that she saw him do it's too late he, Jesus think, has killed half the kids in this town. I think the cat is pretty much out of the bag. Everyone knows he's a monster. He's been killing people and bringing them back to life. <laughs> I don't think the water trick is going to be the thing that blows people's Bear's minds. Like, I'll never tell anyone about our secret. About the water. You brought it back in your cloak. The cloak. At age eight, he uh, goes out with his his fake dad, Joseph. <laughs> Uh, to sow some wheat, and he only sows a single grain of wheat, but it grows into a huge harvest, which he gives to the poor. Yeah. Good so, sign. Yeah. He's he's developing as a character. That's not bad, but why wouldn't... If you're going to sow one measure of grain and mm-hmm. reap a hundred, mm-hmm. why not sow a hundred? And reap a thousand? Yes. Ten thousand? No, ten thousand. <laughs> Uh, Sunday school dropouts, we know are factors of 10. Well, uh, maybe there aren't like that many poor people in Nazareth. And he just grew exactly the amount that was needed. to. to Baby, this is olden times. Everybody was about to starve all the time. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Well. I mean, it's it makes the math easier. That's for sure. Yeah, because clearly we just had trouble <laughs> multiplying 100 by 100. I don't remember that. <laughs> um, next one happens, Joseph, who, as we all know, is a carpenter. 
gets commissioned to build a bed. <laughs> this is pathetic. For a rich man. And he's trying to build the bed, but he accidentally cuts, quote, one of the beautiful crossbeams. <laughs> he cuts it too short. So he's a bad carpenter. He's apparently a bad carpenter. And he's like, he's looking at this and he's like, oh, my life is ruined. Uh, I fucked up this bed that I was supposed to build. I'm a carpenter. (laughs) It's presumably like really nice wood that like the rich guy paid for, you know. Yeah, that's why you measure twice and cut once. I know. It's the oldest rule in carpentry. Well, it hadn't been invented yet. It was just invented just now when Jesus at age eight stretched the crossbeam back out to its full length. No, that's not the rule. That rule is cut whenever and let Jesus fix and it. And let Jesus fix it. <laughs> A rule that I feel like too many people are living by. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, if it worked, that'd be a great rule. You could get shit done. Yeah, you could. So Jesus is getting older now. And uh, Joseph wants him to be able to read. So he finds another teacher. Did you feel at this point that Joseph might not have been paying very close attention to his son? Um, what do you mean? Well, he had his first teacher when he was five. He recited the whole alphabet and basically schooled the teacher in the intricacies of the Greek language. Despite yeah. the fact that the canonical Jesus probably didn't know that much written Greek. Uh, well, I think it's unclear. Unclear. Fair enough. Canonical Jesus is unclear. Historical Jesus probably was illiterate in both Greek and Hebrew. Fair enough. Well, regardless, both the canonical and historical Jesus at five years old probably could not did, read. Could not read. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is it's already been clearly illustrated that this precocious young monster Jesus uh-huh. can write and read. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think that's true. Really? I mean, but he gave the guy a lecture on the letter alpha. Yeah, but he just said that like the, the how to draw it. He didn't say how to draw it. He was saying... He was giving a, a lecture about, like, the nature of the letter alpha. He didn't demonstrate that he could read. I think, okay, fair enough. Well, look, what happens is this new teacher tries to teach him the alphabet again, and he has the same problem. He's like, you don't know the true nature of alpha, <laughs> like, that God created from the fucking sure. chaos or yeah. whatever. And the teacher smacks him in the face for for his impudence. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, of course, uh, curses him and he instantly falls to the ground, possibly dead, possibly just like in a in a coma-like state. Sure. Joseph is just like, he's like, Mary, can you please keep your son inside? Because he keeps killing people. <laughs> but so then Joseph's friend, he just has his friend who volunteers to teach Jesus to read. And he's like, I will take a different approach. I'm not going to smack him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to praise him. And maybe that will work. And Joseph is like, you know, if you want to take your fucking life into your hands, you know. He has a tendency please. to kill his teachers. Yeah, but like, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. My He's my powerful for, son is out of my control. It's but... two for two at this point, so. <laughs> and um, so the friend brings Jesus to some other school. And this is why I'm not sure that it's demonstrated okay. that he knows how to read. Because he picks up a book and it says, But instead of reading the words in it, he opened his mouth and began to speak in the Holy Spirit, teaching the law to those who were standing there. Yeah. So he's not reading the book. I I guess not. But he picks up he picks up the Torah and is is reading the law and teaching the law to people. it, It explicitly says he's not reading it. He just knows the law. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess, you know, if he, if he already knows the law, why does he need to read it? And the point of contention is whether he actually learns to read during this book, which if you believe that he didn't already know how to read, he does not learn how to read. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like it's kind of saying that. Why bother to read? He never got, learns how to read, mm-hmm. but he doesn't need to. But if he has infinite power and is the son of God, why wouldn't he just know how to read? Well, that's true, too. Knowing how to read is like the most basic human superpower. That's true, but like... Because it gives you access to the infinite amount of human information that's been recorded. When this was written in whatever, like 125 AD or whatever, the like most, like the the most optimistic guess of how many people could read is like 10%, Mm. you know? It was not something that everybody knew how to do. It just seems like it, it would be strange if he was marked to be so special by the fact that he can, you know kill with his voice and bring back the dead (laughs) yeah um if he was special enough to do that but he didn't know how to read yeah i mean it would be interesting to know who the author was Mm -hmm. if they were actually like greek or if they're if you're out there right in (laughs) if you know the ineffable mystery of who the pseudonymous author of the infancy gospel of thomas is if for example you worked on the mount religion project zero 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 (laughs) zero let us know um, because even like whoever wrote this, one presumes they were actually writing it. Maybe they were using a scribe. I don't know. But like literacy was not like an assumption that you could make about anybody. That's fair. I, I just think the distinction between, I mean, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's my, you know what? My modern sensibilities getting in the way of my literary interpretation. Well, that's, I will say that like when we started the New Testament on this podcast and You hated I, me, but now- <laughs> You love me very I've grown deeply. to love you <laughs> since you stopped killing innocent children. Um, no, like, and I started reading like Bart Ehrman and some other books. I was like actually really shocked to think about the concept that Jesus, historical Jesus probably couldn't read. Mm. Because to me, it's like, well, he has infinite powers. Like reading is a pretty simple one, you know? <laughs> right. But like it actually wasn't that simple back then. That's fair. You know? I mean, like even getting enough material material to practice reading would be difficult right yeah unless you found someone that knew how to write and i once read an article in the new yorker oh congratulations (laughs) about literacy and it was talking about one of these coastal elite types how i mean clearly i live in san francisco on the coast um and i'm an elite i'm part of the elite four in pokemon oh fuck really defeat me shit um my squad sucks though (laughs) you'll have to get better damn it But it was like someone, it was some like early Christian writer. I think it was like St. Augustine or something Mm. um, who was the first person that like, or like it was written about him. Like he could read without reading out loud. I see. He could just read in his mind. Mm. And everyone was like so impressed by that. So like at this point in history, whenever this was written, like people didn't know about silent reading. That like wasn't even part of humanity yet. So I don't know. Our assumptions might be a little bit off about yeah. that. Yeah. That's fair. You know what? I think that's fair. And thank you for pushing back on that. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here to hold your feet to the fire. Um, we only do that on weekends. In any case, Jesus uh, impresses the crowd with his knowledge of the law. Uh, Joseph's friend tells Joseph, you know, he, I don't have anything to teach him. He's already wise. And Jesus is very pleased with this outcome. And to reward this teacher who believes in him... He decides to rescind his curses on the other teachers. How magnanimous yes. of 
the son of the Lord. So magnanimous. Um, Next, Jesus goes out and does a couple more miracles yeah, just to just keep gotta, things symmetrical, yeah. I guess. Uh, one in which his brother James goes out and gets bit by a snack. Mm-hmm. And, quote, when he was stretched out on the ground dying, Jesus breathed on the bite. And not only is James healed, but the snake explodes. I found a metaphor. A metaphor? Mm-hmm. In the Bible? Well, this isn't in, in the Bible. In but the f- fake Mount Religion Bible? That's right. I mean, obviously, anytime you talk about snacks, you're talking about original sin. Yeah, that's true. So his brother James, who is a man, mm-hmm. and he's the son of man, and so this is every man, oh, wow. is Indeed. out in the world and is bit by the snack uh-huh. of original sin. Yeah, but but Jesus can snack. come along and blow chip. on the snack yeah. and explode it. Yeah. And Jesus is the only one that can do that. It's also, that's a really good point. You know what? That's a really good point. I was going to say it also connects to, you know, like Acts, where one of the signs, or like, I think it was at the end of John, where he says, like, the signs that you're like a true believer are like, snakes can't hurt you. Yes, and it is at the end of John. Tongues. Yeah. Um, and of course, Paul gets bit by a snake on Malta, and then everybody starts worshiping him as a god because he doesn't get hurt. So I think probably it's drawing on that as well, but. I like your interpretation. I think your your deep interpretation is the most significant one. Yes. Fucking nailed it. Uh, a baby in the neighborhood dies. Jesus brings it back to life. Um, it says, everyone says, truly, this child is either God or an angel of God. But Jesus just, quote, left from there to play with the other children. You know why? Uh, no. Because he's smooth. <laughs> Fucking smooth. Uh, a dude dies while building a house. Uh, presumably something collapses on him mm-hmm. or something, and Jesus brings him back to life. Thereby making it symmetrical, he does three miracles right. in each section of this book. Right. Giving it some sort of like holy power that it doesn't deserve. <laughs> um, and then in the last chapter, the narrative kind of rejoins the book of Luke. Mm. Um, this is its um, its little hook towards legitimacy yeah where it tries to dig its yeah its little fingernails into the into the coattails of legitimacy slouching towards legitimacy Mm -hmm. um which the infancy gospel of actually slouching towards bethlehem too oh yeah yeah, you're right it is you're right it is um the infancy gospel of james kind of did the same thing it drew on luke and it also drew on matthew um but so it has this this anecdote about how his family goes to Jerusalem for Passover when Jesus is 12. And uh, when they leave, they realize Jesus isn't with them. And so they go back and they find him in the temple listening to the teachers and asking them questions. And Mary's like, you know, how could you do this? We were so worried. And Jesus is like, where else would I be but in my father's house? The rabbi pops out and he's like, is this your kid? Yeah. So that's a new detail. Yeah. That's not in Luke. That The priests are like, whoa, is this your kid? Because, like, he's hella holy. Yeah. Your womb must be blessed. You just recorded your first number one single. Yeah. Um, little do they know that in 20 years they'll decide they hate him and have him killed. <laughs> but, okay. Um, and that is the end of the infancy gospel of Thomas. It's goofy. It's fun. And we got to rate this book. Well, first, I have some things to say about it. What? Do you think I could, like, speak my mind? Do you want to use that soapbox over there? Uh, yeah. Let me just turn on the soapbox, Mike. Okay. Came up on the soapbox. I'm stomping around. Are you wearing your 
fucking iron tip boots? What is that? I think it's interesting that both of the infancy gospels that we're covering drew on the book of Luke. Mm. I think we were both really impressed with Luke and, you know, it's like Jesus being among the people and uh-huh. loving loving people very personally and um, radically forgiving people. And so it makes sense to me that if you're going to write Jesus fanfic, this would be a good place to start. You, you, know? use the, you use the hottest episode to do it. I also think it's interesting that... I mean, we've talked a little about this on on the podcast, I think, that like the popular image of Jesus is really focused on how he's like sinless and perfect and infinitely patient and kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't really square up with the Jesus in the Gospels necessarily. Right. Um, it varies gospel to gospel. Yeah, yeah it kind yeah. of varies gospel to gospel. But this book we know was really popular. Right. So this tells us about, you know, like what early Christians how they conceived of Jesus in like popular culture. And it seems like they were much more focused on how he had magical powers. <laughs> he was some sort of magic man. And you would also think that it would be about how he used his magical powers for good, which is what he does in the Gospels. Mm. But half the time in this book, he's using them for bad. Well, I just think like it seems like a lot of the pleasure that the audience is supposed to take in it is like not... Oh, like our Messiah has come to earth and he's perfect and he's redeeming us. It's more like. Listen to this crazy story about this magic kid. What if a child had limitless magical powers Mm. and then like when he threw a temper tantrum like every child does, like people actually died. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's literally that Twilight Zone episode. Right. It's like it's like that's what was interesting to, you know, like the masses about Jesus. But then also like, don't worry, everything turns out okay in the end. You know, he. He's good in the end, so you don't have to feel guilty about enjoying everybody being blinded or enjoying a teacher being killed or sure. something. And yeah. and you don't have to question Jesus's like righteousness or divinity or anything. It's right. just But it's just like comic books too. Yeah. When somebody first discovers their powers as a superhero. Or right. Whatever, and they, they're not they sure inevitably how to... lash out against the people closest to them inadvertently. It's a, a tale as old as time. I mean kind Except of... in this case it's weird because he's supposedly like infinitely wise even when he's five and cursing people to death well he seems to be wise about some things like the nature of letters but not wise about other things like maybe if a child jostled you it wasn't uh that's not worthy of death and didn't deserve death there was no radical forgiveness when he was five years old yeah he hadn't developed that part of his philosophy yet that's interesting because like five-year-olds don't have forgiveness they you know not something that I think of as being like biblical at all. It's not biblical. Or like related to Christianity at all. You and know? It, it, take, it would take a lot of shaping and a lot of editing and a lot of work to make that part of the... Uh, the canon. Canon, because it's got to te- teach a lesson. Tell a part of the story that's, that's uh, acceptable already. And this is off the grid in terms of the story that's being told. But people loved it. It was super popular. Well, I mean, what people love and religion are not always the same thing. Well, they kind of are. Hate to, I hate to blow your mind. They kind of are, though. Like, how do you how do you mean? Like the way the religion is practiced mm-hmm. is is intended to appeal to the things that people want the most. Not that it's intended, but just that it ends up being those things. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that religion is only like ten percent belief and is like ninety percent culture. Mm. You know, like if you look at Christianity in America today, 
I mean, especially today, like under Trump, it's like ridiculous that people are doing the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. You know, Jesus is like, feed the poor, heal the poor. And people who claim to be Christians are like, take money away from the poor, harm the poor. My point being, it's not that they're not Christian. It's just that Christianity is not defined only by what's in the Bible or only by what Jesus taught. It's defined by how Christians act. Mm. And so if the majority of Christians believe X, you know, that's like a Christian tenet. And so, like, I obviously don't know what percentage of Christians thought that this apocryphal book was, you know, true, true or valid. Right. 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 But it seems to be to have at least been consumed very widely. Mm -hmm. And if like if all like the lay Christians who weren't clergy thought this was great, then that's like a part of Christianity, you know? That's fair. That's true. I mean, I buy your argument 100%. Well, thanks. I will buy 100% of your argument. You want to subscribe to my newsletter? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. Oh. I get enough junk as it is. Oh. But you'll pay to not receive my newsletter. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Perfect. Okay, so I think we're, we're pretty much there, but do you want to read the book? I would love to. I am going to give it 10 out of 12 clay sparrows. Oh, right. Nice. Um, well, maybe, maybe I'll say but 9 don't out Don't walk of back. Come on. Show some fucking balls for <laughs> okay. once in your goddamn um, life. I am not showing balls. I'm showing ovaries. Ovaries are clearly much more powerful than balls. If you're showing ovaries, you have a serious medical problem. Balls are like the most delicate part of any human, and they don't connote power at all. But showing them indicates your complete fearlessness in the face of <laughs> obstacles. Because you're like, That's my here most they sensitive are. Part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I refuse to join your uh, heteropatriarchal narrative, and I'm showing my ovaries by giving it. I'll stick with it. 10 out of 12. Clay Sparrows. Because, as I said at the top of the show, I think it's an ideal Bible book. It's short, but it's batshit insane. It's super interesting. Um, There's no real point in saying if I, like, agree with the theology or not, because there's not really any theology. (laughs) That's true. It's theology-free. It's just folktales. It's a super fascinating window into, like, what early Christians thought and, and wanted to think. And wanted to think. You know, I don't uh, generally approve of murdering innocent children, Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't. When Jesus is doing it, got to get on board. You got to get on board. He's the son of God. He knows what's what. He knows the nature of Alpha. Who am I to question in killing innocent children? How would you rate this book? I'm going to give it three out of four poorly made beds. Nice. Uh, For many of the same reasons. It's a uh, it's a it's a real goof trip. Down Goof Alley, uh-huh. <laughs> Bible style. Yes. That's pretty much all there is to say about it. I can't argue with that. Should we hop straight into the mailbag? Should we dive into the mailbag? Yeah, Scrooge let's pop duck style. Let's pop the top and pour it into the swimming pool and then swim around in a little bit. All right. Our listener, John, wrote in to tell us about his childhood church doing a play about the Elijah and Baal story from First Kings. He was one of the Baal worshippers who got to yell, Baal, Baal, to you we hail. And Elijah was played by a girl who is a professional actress now. Thank you, John. Good for that girl, too. Also, this brings up a point that I like about our podcast. And this is just the, you know, praise ourselves section of the show, I suppose. Obviously. Um, All of these tiny moments that people have just like floating around in their brains. Like Uh 
this person remembering remembering the exact chant from their (laughs) childhood church play production where they knew exactly what the Baal worshippers said in this play. Yes. And they might not have had many places to share that strange bit of knowledge, but you could share it here. We really do love hearing about all this stuff. And it's so interesting to hear from, because so many people write in from different religious backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Some people are like Catholic, some people are like Southern Baptist, some people are mainline Protestant, you know, and, and they all have different, like, clearly this church, Elijah was played by a girl. Like, this is not your typical church that's a pretty chill church yeah um and it's just i don't know it's just so interesting to hear about all these different experiences we appreciate it all the strange moments that you thought you could never tell anyone you tell us if you want (laughs) um our listener rasmus uh, just wanted to say that he likes the podcast and quote it kind of calms me listening to you and knowing that there are people who are loving and caring we really appreciate that thank you that's if melts my little heart her heart is two sizes too small it's a serious medical condition our listener antonia sent us a very kind email including a horse and a dog to bless the horse is an asshole named dulce who likes to Probably or dulce, dulce who likes to rub her mud covered face on my jacket and the dog is lunar who has never done anything wrong in his life and accidentally eats shoes and rags sometimes it happens to we've the all best, been there happens to the best of us uh listener calvin wrote in to give us some more background info on the samaritans in the new testament um says they're probably or possibly Possibly, you're right. Possibly Jews who like didn't get exiled to Babylon or or somehow otherwise split off from Judaism. Um, and since there are about 900 of them still around in Israel. Yeah, there's still a town full of people that speak uh, Aramaic as well. But I think that's not in Israel, right? It's in like Iraq or something. I don't know, actually. In any case, uh, Calvin also sent us a very good dog to bless named Tilly and some bad cute cats named Talia and Callie. Our listener Emily sent us a very handsome Basenji dog to bless. I hear they don't bark and they're very cute. So royal. This is Anya. She is a very good dog who listens to your podcast all the time, even though she doesn't know it. All the better. (laughs) Uh, Listener Josh, a.k.a. J.P. McSqueezy, asked us to curse his wife's cat, Rugby, who is a good boy, but hasn't accepted Jesus and uh, therefore needs a curse. I'm curious about the situation that leads to... A cat accepting Jesus? That and also describing something as my wife's cat. And she had the cat before they got married. Hmm. The cat's but probably... I now mean, that cats they're married, they sh- they're supposed years. to share everything, including the cat. <laughs> the cat. Who's going to get custody of this cat if they get divorced? That's really not our problem. You're the one who brought it up. Our listener Mike wrote in to tell us about how even though he's been reading the Bible his whole life, it was really cool to reread some of it as a non-believer and see how weird and fascinating the Bible is as a group of historical documents. That's our podcast. That's like our podcast. And we appreciate that you find it interesting as well. Otherwise, nobody would ever listen. (laughs) He also linked us to some work by his former professor, Bill Arnall, which we will have to check out at some point. looks cool. Um, Listener Angela wrote in to say that the podcast has helped her in dealing with some of her Roman Catholic guilt from her youth. That is... An unexpected but very treasured side effect of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she also sent us three dogs, two black poodles named Lucy and Desi, who are very cute and like to snuggle, and a little white poodle named Dash, who isn't just a bad dog, but actually acts like a bad cat, sitting on the back of chairs and swatting at things, booby-trapping the stairs with poop, etc. She says, please don't bless him. If he grows any stronger, I think he'll be the head of my household. But guess what? We only bless dogs. It is the nature of dogs that they need blessing. If you don't want a dog to be blessed, 
You cannot show him to us. If you reveal a dog to us, we must we must bless him. I wish it were otherwise. I wish it were otherwise as well. But these are the laws of the We universe. prayed long and hard on this to the altar of our Lord. <laughs> Television. Uh, also, my mom wanted me <laughs> to curse her cat, who's named Revis, who is extremely cute and very affectionate, but also kills animals constantly. And the other day we were over there and we were all petting him and we were like, oh, he's so cute. And then we looked over at the floor and there was a dead dove there. So good work, Revis, but you're getting cursed. <laughs> you're getting cursed. So to these dogs and horses, Dulce, Lunar, Anya, Tilly, Lucy, Desi, and yes, Dash. When the crowd saw what had happened, it worshipped the dogs and horse, <laughs> saying the spirit of God certainly lives within these dogs and horse. And to Rugby, Talia, Callie, and Revis, I say... Damn you, you irreverent cats! What harm did the ponds of water do to you? From this moment, you too will dry up like a tree, and you'll never produce leaves or root or bear fruit. Harsh but fair. And that will do it for Sunday School Dropouts tonight. Tonight. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at SunSchoolDrop. Same deal on Facebook. Just look for that cool-ass piece of smoking a cigarette. Designed and illustrated by Elise Carlton, who we thank as always. If you want to send us cat, dog, or friend of an animal type, which needs a bless curse, uh-huh. you can do so to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's sundayschooldropouts.lol. Do not go to sundayschooldropouts.com. If you want to follow Lauren on Twitter, you can do so at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled like Shaquille spells it. And if you want to follow Nico on SoundCloud, you can do so at soundcloud.com slash Nico Bakulich, N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. That's right. That's where you can find all of the original music from the show as well as anything else that I am doing or have done. Thanks, Nico, for all your engineering and recording and music expertise. No problem, baby. Thank you for being an excellent co-host and doing all of the great work that you do oh thank you baby uh i think that wraps it up for us tonight we'll be back next week with more bible where your best friends who also read the bible with you or maybe instead of you so we're happy to know you and i hope you know us too we'll see you on sunday bye bye